0: Welcome to Volunteer Field Notes, a podcast by Go Help Now, a nonprofit dedicated to helping volunteers find ways to help during humanitarian and disaster relief. We interview real life volunteers who jump in and go help. We hope by sharing their story, we can inspire you to find ways to use your skills to volunteer in times of need. This is Lauren, and I'll be your host. For this episode, I interviewed Tommy, a volunteer from New Zealand who served on the border of Ukraine in summer of 2022. Tommy and I actually worked together for World Central Kitchen for a week in July in a large warehouse in Poland that was converted to the largest World Central Kitchen in Europe at the time. We worked from early in the morning to late afternoon, mixing ingredients, chopping fresh herbs and wrapping sandwiches, sometimes making 5,000 to 10,000 sandwiches a day, which were then served at refugee centers and at the train stations. Chances are, if you were in the area in July or in the summer of 2022, you had a hot meal made from World Central Kitchen. The work was hard. Sometimes the days were really, really hot. The air conditions weren't super great uh, in that area, um, and but it was still very rewarding. The volunteers worked side by side, we came from all over the world, and we all had one central mission, which was to help Ukrainians who were fleeing the war. Tommy was one of the staff members who had some previous kitchen experiences, so was able to work on the hot side of the kitchen, making soups and um, cakes and focaccia bread, which we talk about a lot in this episode. Tommy's focaccia bread was something that the volunteers enjoyed every day during our lunch breaks. There was a great camaraderie as we all worked together, cranked up the tunes, and just churned out as many sandwiches as possible. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope it gives you a really good look at what it would be like to volunteer with World Central Kitchen. And um, you might hear some great sounds from the kitchen, some music, some chatter in the background. Um, it was a really great place, really great mood. Um, and we just fed so many people. And uh, I think Tommy really did a great job serving up great food and a lot of hope. So. Yeah. Hope you enjoy it.
1: Yeah. They've Thanks, Mikhail. Thank you. The provider.
2: All right. Tell me. Um, tell me, like, your origin story. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah.
1: Cool. So my name is Tommy. I'm from Wellington, New Zealand. I guess I would call myself profession a pizza maker but um, that is sort of in flux uh, I've taken a bit of an odd career path from school through university and into owning my own businesses over the years um, so I went to law school and qualified as a lawyer um, and then went into the workforce and um, realised that it wasn't a path for me um, so I I Resigned from that job and dove into the pizza business. Um, but I started a catering company with a mobile wood-fired oven, uh-huh. and we'd drag it around town and cook at farmers markets and um, festivals and concerts and weddings and all sorts of things. So, and
2: like the focaccia pizza or different?
1: No, nah, this of is stuff? different. So I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. I've been obsessed with New York-style street pizza for nice. most of my cooking career, nice. and there's some like. Direct, reason, direct links to New York as to why that style was yeah. my jam um, so we were called NYPD at that point and we were making New York style pizza um, thin and crispy Great. and the, the idea was always to evolve that into a bricks and mortar restaurant uh, which we did in 2012 I took on some business partners who I'd met along the way and we opened a pizzeria that was much to my reluctance at the time took my name, um, it was called Tommy Millions which is a nickname I pick, picked up along the years uh, so we opened one of those in Wellington, a very prominent location, very busy, and ended up expanding that to three sites, and alongside that, opening up a fried chicken concept called Lucky. Um, we got to two of those, and then... Um, what,
2: what we have the here, and what we have the pleasure of eating is your daily focaccia bread, which is just yeah. outstanding. So I can only imagine what your New York slice and yeah. fried chicken is, so I guess i will just have to go to New Zealand. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> proud of all of them. Like They're, they're all simple foods. Very simple because mm. I am not go to lengths to say I'm not a trained chef mm. and don't use the, the term chef. Um, I'm a cook at best and mm. a pizza maker enthusiastically and a businessman, and a businessman yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we ran the businesses for 10, well I ran the businesses for 10 years um, and then at the start of this, we, we gradually through COVID closed a couple of sites mm. so we got down to one pizzeria and two chicken shops and then decided at the start of this year, 22, to shut the last pizzeria. Um, so that was a big that was a huge step for me and so you close them down like around
2: the same time like in the spring
1: around March Uh, uh, March, April so the end of our busy end of Mm -hmm. our summer Mm -hmm. Um, and I saw the chicken shops but they run under management and so I had this I was left with this huge gap in my life um, Mm. and the decision around what I was going to do to fill my time Mm -hmm. and um, I knew that I wanted it to relate to food Um, but I knew for certain that starting a new traditional business wasn't on the cards for me it's not what i'm into Mm -hmm. now and volunteering is something that i am very much into and do a bit of at home Mm. um and i guess it leads to wck and that came across (laughs) wck and the mission and the war was obviously kicking off and news of that
2: did you did you uh had you heard of wck world central kitchen prior to the war and like things kind of coming to a close with your businesses
1: yeah i'm trying to remember the timeline but i've been aware of Jose Andreas Chef Andreas mm-hmm. for, for a long long time mm-hmm. um, through well, just general food nerddom and Anthony Bourdain's shows mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Instagram so I followed him for a long time and would have like, heard peripherally of WCK mm-hmm. through that and then with, when the invasion happened and their content relating to Ukraine ramped up and I started to follow some of the other key personalities like mm-hmm. uh, Nate Mook and uh, Carla Hoyer the, the, one of the original chefs from here I just got like down the rabbit hole, then realized I came across a volunteer portal online and just started to the seed of this idea that I might come to Poland
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, was planted, and that led to me just signing up one time when I saw a space on the website. And mm-hmm. I didn't have plane tickets or time off work or anything at that point, but I just figured it would make it work.
2: Yeah. Um, no, that sounds. I mean, it sounds like a, a lot of how people got here too. It's like I'm volunteering and I'll make the rest of work.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, um, I'm lucky to have flexibility in my mm-hmm. work life that I'm able to drop stumps and um, rent out my house and bounce cool yeah.
2: awesome so, so how long have you been here again
1: I've uh, been away from home from New Zealand for s- five or six weeks uh-huh. and I've been here almost three weeks with a little little gap and crack uh, for a holiday and cracker mm-hmm. uh, so about three weeks of work yeah
2: Um, and so we've been working together here for the past week which has been awesome and before like day one everyone called you the focaccia king of New Zealand (laughs) Um, you really truly you really truly are and had made focaccia every single day for our lunches so yeah um, tell me a little bit I guess like why did they ask you to make focaccia or were you like hey this is something I do like how did that kind of come about
1: Um, when you started I don't remember exactly what happened but I think someone I I started out on the sandwich section like everybody but um, it soon became known that I had kitchen experience and pizza experience and someone said you should make pizza and I knew that with the oven set up here and without having um, conventional mixes the only way to do it would be to do a focaccia like bread Mm -hmm. Um, so the product followed the equipment rather than the other way around so I was like cool I'll make some one day Ah. made a batch it was a hit Um, and then and also brought me Mm -hmm. great joy to feed people in such a direct way and to put love into um, feeding a group of people who are almost almost all here on their own dime and Mm -hmm. putting in like some pretty serious work and Mm -hmm. some pretty the first week was hot as hell Mm -hmm. Um, so the idea of rewarding some of that with a product made with a little extra love all the food here everything I've seen is exceptional for family meal and for um, the food that goes out and I know the impact on morale that good family meal can have in any business environment Mm -hmm. whether it's a restaurant or something else Mm -hmm. and um i guess selfishly a a big part of why i i got wanted to get out of the pizza business that we had was that there was a disconnect between Mm
2: -hmm.
1: me and the end consumer of our product and you you start to view it as uh as a as a factory worker would making Mm -hmm. widgets Mm -hmm. um so you're making all this food all day but you're never sitting down with the people who consume it in the end and seeing the joy that it can spark something so simple as cheese on toast mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm, like what it is mm-hmm. um, and so that sort of compelled me to want to keep going with the focaccia every day and to try to nice. experiment a bit and i've been getting ingredients on the way to work and um from the supermarket and just like
2: you just get inspired to like bring in whatever it is yeah, so like yeah. literally like knowing that that focaccia because i'm working like right near your station uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm, like, watching it happen as my morning's going on and we're cranking out all the wrapping all those sandwiches and it really is. It's like I, I told uh Mikhail today, just a few more minutes and we're gonna have
1: uh, <laughs> like just keep that? going,
2: yeah. man. We're almost there.
1: So brings, it really was that like brings so much joy. And, yeah. It really does. And the work that this on the sandwich line is tough. Like I don't know that I could have done it straight mm-hmm. for three weeks. Mm-hmm. The fact that I've had variation has been mm-hmm. a real blessing for me. There's the least we can do mm-hmm. as I guess the the more experienced cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. is to throw up something that um sparks joy not just uh,
2: oh definitely and i think too like the food one of the things i was really impressed with is like the food that like we're eating like whatever we're serving people as well so the focaccia is just just for the volunteers but Uh we have so many other awesome foods that we're serving to ukrainians at the train stations and at the refugee center and stuff like incredible meals it's
1: far like i keep thinking it's far better than it could then they could get away with it being, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm, could, mm-hmm. there's no, it's not necessary for them to use all of these fresh berries and all of the cakes and, and
2: fresh herbs
1: to like, spend hours and hours zesting a hundred mm-hmm. lemons. But we all do it happily because we know that that cake's going to yeah. bring joy to every um, uh, a, a refugee's life. Someone living in Tesco mm-hmm. or someone fleeing a, a horrible situation. If we can make, um, use fresh ingredients and good technique to improve their day, and move the needle on their experience, mm-hmm. even in the slightest, then that's worth hours with the zester.
2: <laughs> no, it really is. While well, you're zesting and we're we're cranking out sandwiches, we can smell it, and it just is like. Uh-huh. I think there have been a couple of times where I've been wrapping sandwiches, and I'm just brought to tears, just knowing that like so much love is going into it, and yeah. I'm like gosh I'm literally wrapping saran wrapper on a sandwich but this feels so good <laughs>
1: because it's, it's, it's quite remarkable
2: it's really nice to know that it's going to go someone so you also had the experience of going to the center mm-hmm. yesterday right to feed yeah. the food that you all made yeah. to people what was that like
1: so I've been to the Tesco and to the train station a couple of times and I think it's essential I think all volunteers and from what I can see they all do or have um, should spend some time at the distribution center, mm-hmm. as it really closes the loop on the work that we're doing and mm. like I was talking about with my experience with in the restaurants where you lose if you lose sight of the end consumer of your product mm. you start to cut corners in the mm. production of it and you make decisions that you wouldn't have um, if you were cooking that food or preparing it for say your family or a loved one or someone you're going to sit down with so mm. going and serving it is our equivalent the closest equivalent we have in this context to sitting down and sharing a meal with
2: mm-hmm. said
1: people mm-hmm. so that's essential to go but it's also not easy it's yeah. it's you see refugee centres on the news, you see all these border crossings on the news, but to be there in person and to smell the smells and to see the abject misery mm-hmm. uh, and the reality of life for these folk who have been in there for several months, some of them mm-hmm. with no end in sight and with question a question over the ongoing funding mm-hmm. of these places. Mm-hmm. It's just so confronting to think mm-hmm. about what's next for them. Mm-hmm. When I go back to my comfortable bed in new zealand and a mm-hmm. sweet life
2: yeah
1: Like what, what happens to them and
2: yeah
1: we should all see that um and because coming to doing something like this isn't a, it's not a one and done go home feel mm-hmm. good tell your friends about mm-hmm. how you're, you're saving the world it's an ongoing life's work that i think everybody who can afford is privileged enough to afford mm-hmm. the time or the resources to come and do shit like this is it they should be doing it
2: yeah absolutely i think we should definitely Tell that story, and several people have come back even yeah. to this very kitchen just because it's, been, it's just they go home maybe, and they feel like now nah, I gotta get more times. to give. Yeah. If you got if you got anything to give, it's, it's, a, it's the way to do it. Um, so 100%. then, I guess my final question is: Would you obviously work for? Would you volunteer for World Central Kitchen in the
1: future? 100. Yeah. Uh, percent Like I, yeah. I, 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 will do it as often as I can manage. And I oh, was so coming from as far as I have is a massive financial burden, but I don't care. Yeah that's all good I don't need yeah. to, uh, the money I do have I don't need it for, I can support myself on very little and mm. if my skills which I've chipped away at over uh, 15 yeah, career in the kitchen have some use outside of a traditional restaurant mm. environment where they from what i can see actually do have serious positive inc- impact then i'm all, all about it i'm coming back to or coming to wherever the next
2: yeah. wherever the next place is which yeah. is it's all over the world so maybe yeah. there's so many and opportunities it, to it's
1: not gonna stop it's,
2: it's not gonna stop so i hope that we cross paths again in world central kitchen because yeah. it's i will definitely come back again this has been yeah. one of the most incredible organizations i've had the pleasure to work with so been great to meet all the people such as yourself and i'm also going to come to new zealand someday you yeah. Have oh yeah you so
1: can see hole in the wall that i'm streaming of. oh moment.
2: my gosh i can't wait no you, you have to send pictures of like when you get back and yeah. you start doing that because you're gonna i think you know you've warmed so many people's hearts and i feel like the stories that yes. we tell of how our lunches were here are gonna trickle out and uh that means a lot to people to refugees and also the volunteers so
1: well that's that means so much to me as well yeah. it really does yeah all
2: right thanks Tommy. Oh, thank you <laughs>
0: Yeah, thank you so much. It was so great to talk with Tommy and to share his story. I'll add, at the time of this recording, the kitchen on the border of Ukraine was still operational. But as of today, that specific kitchen has finished its mission. And World Central Kitchen is focused on other places to serve. You can check out open opportunities to volunteer with World Central Kitchen at wck.org forward slash volunteer. To find a wide variety of opportunities to volunteer across the world, check out our partner directory at gohelpnow.org. And you can follow us on Instagram at volunteersgohelpnow. This episode is sponsored by Every Run. Every Run provides everything you need to organize a fun run, park run, or other community race all in one place. Check out current scheduled races near you that fundraise for Ukraine or other charities and find out how to become a race organizer at everyrun.world. Thank you for listening.